back to the Sticks and Stones Coast to Coast Sports Podcast. My name is Derek Sutherland. As always, I'm joined with my good buddy Sticks out in Phoenix, Arizona. Sticks, this is the first show of 2021. I know I am glad to have 2020 behind us. How how does your New Year's, bud? You celebrate? Uh, not too much celebrating. So uh, just hung out at the house, you know. Uh, had me a little bit of my favorite Crown Royal, as you well know. Uh, watched a couple movies. Uh, found some stuff on Netflix. Had to work the next day. Uh, you know the golfers never stop. They're there <laughs> every day, every day. But uh, yeah, so far so good. How about yeah. yourself? Yeah, uh, I had uh, our our buddy Brett. You know he's back in town now. Just moved back from uh, the North Carolina. So him and some of of our uh, mutual friends from here in Richmond, we all went out, had a good time, good safe night. Nothing too crazy, really. Just had a few beers and went back home. So with this being a new year sticks, hopefully it means that we got some good stuff to talk about. I feel like 2020 was a rough year for everybody, not just in sports. So let's, you know, we got the playoffs coming up. We had the New Year's Six Bowls we'll talk about. We had the NCAA playoffs. My cats finally got a win. We are now 2-0 and in 2021, which we also – I'll get to rant about that here in a little bit. So this year has started off a lot better than last year finished. So let's just hope we keep rolling with that. Yeah, I am uh, very excited. Uh, got a gym membership today. So we'll see how long that lasts. Hopefully we'll make it to February. I uh, don't think I made it that long last year. Um, exactly. So today. all you women out there in Phoenix, Arizona, you just watch out. Sticks is going to get himself in the gym, and he's going to be beating them off with sticks. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> all right, Sticks. Let's go ahead and get straight into some sports here. So we obviously – the NFL playoffs are set. So we will save that for last – uh, that along with NCAA football, they, we your Ohio State team got it done, so they'll be taking on Bama. We'll get into those last. Those are the biggest stories. So with NCAA basketball and the NBA, where do you want to start? Uh, so let's go ahead and get in the college um, and hop right on into uh, the Arizona tournament band news. Uh, yeah, they're following so, along. Yeah, so Arizona, I believe. With Louisville and what was the other school? Auburn. Uh, so, Auburn. yeah, Arizona, we mentioned – we've talked about this pretty much in every podcast so far, the Adidas scandal that these schools have went through with Adidas paying the players to go to this, uh, school sponsored by Adidas. So, you know, Kansas has also went on it, and there's a few other schools. Kansas hasn't given themselves a ban yet because they think that they're probably a good team and they got a chance to win it this year as where Louisville, Auburn, and Arizona do not. So do you think that this is a cop-out move by Arizona and Louisville and Auburn, or is this them actually trying to save face, or what is this? So I'm going to stand true to my ground. Uh, I've came out in other, in other episodes and said, uh, you know, it is a cop-out. Uh, they are not as good – this year, obviously, as they have been in the past, so not even ranked. I mean, granted, they're nine and one, but in a very weak Pac-12 conference, uh, Oregon is the only team ranked out there. 
at uh, I believe nine and one, and they are seventeenth in the country. So nothing special there either. So really, if you're all of these teams, realistically, I think are just trying to get themselves through the year. It's a weird year. There's not as many games being played. I'm just, I think it's a very cheap cap out. Um, And some of these other teams are going to possibly suffer in the long haul that don't make this decision to cap out this year. If these teams are allowed to get away with it. Yeah, for sure. And that's, I don't know. I think that if I am one of these teams and I feel that my team doesn't have a shot really to win it all, I think this is probably the smarter move. But it could also be the case where the NCAA looks at it and says, yeah, we really don't care. We're still going to ban you for the next however many years. And then if you're Kansas, you come out a little better than these teams that have tried to, you know, get ahead of the curve. Yeah, I'd imagine the NCAA has got to come out with some sort of blanket um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, like a but blanket, uh, like yeah, just a punishment. A blanket like a, ruling or punishment, I would say. But uh, do they? But do they take it easier on these teams that that have taken the already self-imposed ban? I would think so. Um, they've got to do something to distinguish the teams that have already self-imposed something. But I don't think realistically it should be that much easier. No, and, you know, these te- they're all going to get fined a ton of money. They're all probably going to have scholarship limitations as to how many they can give out now. They, they're probably going to be banned if they're if, – like what I'm saying is Kansas is going to get banned if that's what they decide to do. They may or may not add some onto the, the teams that have already done that, but I'm definitely expecting fines no matter what, and – I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them reduce the number of scholarships that each team's allowed to have. Yeah, I think that's the best way to go about it. Uh, you don't really want to hurt the kids that are already there. Yeah, and, Especially, and, I that, like, and I said this with the Louisville thing. Obviously, I don't like Louisville, and I, I, I'm happy when stuff like this happens to them because it's hilarious. But the people that are there now, even Chris Mack, um, they wasn't there for any of it. They had nothing to do with it. This was all Rick Patino and his staff. So in a way, it kind of sucks for the kids that are going to be the ones getting punished. But it, if you're the NCAA, you have to do something. Yeah, you, there's got to be parameters set. These programs have got to have some sort of punishment uh, because you just can't let things – slide like this continuously uh, year in and year out. Uh, there's got to be some sort of so let blanket ask, punishment. Let me ask you this. It, it is looking more and more likely, like maybe even starting next year, these kids are going to be able to get paid on their name, likeness, and image. Does that go into the NCAA's decision at all? That You know what? As far as punishing these programs? Yes, you know, because that's essentially what this is, is I mean, these, stu- these athletes getting paid by Adidas, which is different because then you're sponsored and whatever. But if maybe the NCAA looks at it like, you know, we're going to allow these kids to get paid next year anyway. So, yeah, we have to throw a punishment, but we're not going to make it that hard because the rule's changing anyway. Yeah, I think so. 
you got these kids that are going to start to make uh, some, I mean, which I think they deserve some sort of compensation in a sense, I guess is the best way to put it uh, for the, especially name likeness and image uh, where these programs and schools and companies are making millions and billions of dollars off these players. Uh, yeah, I, agree I don't that. think my thing with that is you're right. I, you can never really quantify somebody's value to a school or whatever, but when they are directly making the money off of the kids, that's different, you know, selling jerseys or posters with their face on it. That's when it's different. I mean, I don't think each kid should get a percentage of the ticket sales, but you know, the, the direct, image or you know their name that they're promoting is where they should get the get the money in my yeah opinion. It, and and it just gets messy when you get into sports that you're not making the money off the name likeness and image uh yeah, so and i don't talk- know where the move is for that or yeah, the solution we, we talked about that and that's gonna have to be decided by people that are a lot smarter than we are and know a lot more about it because yeah we, we talked about how a division two school versus a D one or a a Kentucky basketball versus a, you know, poop state football team. You know what I mean? Like, or even like, or even a Kentucky basketball and a Kentucky baseball, the, this, the difference that that's going to have. Yeah. And in all reality, uh, we don't, these kids are all putting in the same sacrifices to play, um, college sports so it's you know if you are trying to pay them for the time that they are putting into the game or you know for the time that it's taking out of their free time and stuff like that uh, it's really hard to quantify and pay them for stuff like that you know they're already getting free schooling and tuition and stuff yeah and, and, and stuff really the only well. fair so, way the only fair way to really do it would be like everybody gets a base salary, you know what I mean? Which I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think there's a lot of things that could go wrong with that. But, yeah, it's going to be fun to see how it plays out, like we said before. But we got way off topic there. We started with Arizona in the tournament, now people are getting paid. So, Sticks, I'm going to give you your chance to rant about Ohio State later. But right now, I got to talk about the Cats, baby. UK, like I mentioned earlier, is now 2-0 and in the year 2021 when they, they went 1-6 and in December and November 2020. So let me tell you, I love Coach Cal, but that man, he needs to take a little bit of his own medicine right now because these fans, the BBN has been calling for Dante Allen to get into these games. He's He's the only player, really, that has a chance to play on the roster from Kentucky. He's been on the bench, and he, Cal has finally had enough. Says, all right, I'm going to put him in, puts him in against Mississippi State, and the dude goes for 23. We've had that on our bench this whole time. We're getting blown out by Georgia Tech and Richmond, and we got Dante Allen on the bench, and he comes and drops 23, hits like 7 of 11 from three just completely changes the game. He spaces the floor. Now teams have to pay attention. And I know we, I know Vandy's no good, but we just beat them last night by three. And they, they lit it up from three. Thank God we had Olivier Sargo for 24, but now we're two and O we get, there is a small light at the end of the tunnel. Now, if we continue to play well, you know, 
we have to go somewhere around 14 and four, 13 and five in the SEC to really have a chance of making the tournament. But you can't go 13 and five without going two and zero sticks. Hey, it's a great start to the, to the new year for your Cats. Uh, grinded out a couple close wins. That's what they really needed, you know, in that double OT win versus Mississippi State and beating Vandy by three. Uh, they were on the wrong side of those games last month. So, you know, it's looking yeah. up for your Cats. And College basketball is better when they are playing well. Uh, absolutely. Even if, we, we talked as about not that, a Kentucky the, fan. Yeah. We talked about how it how important it is for Blue Bloods to play well and be successful because, really, the Blue Bloods are – I mean, that's how the NCAA makes their money. They drive all the revenue through them. And I'm – but we do – I'll say this. Kentucky has probably the hardest part of their SEC schedule this week. We are at Florida at – where else? At Auburn. Yeah, at Auburn. And then we have Alabama at home and Georgia at home, I believe. Or maybe it's at Georgia, too. At Georgia as well, yeah. yeah. That's our next four games. So, at Florida is always difficult, even when Kentucky's a good team. Alabama's looking like they have the chance to be the best team in the SEC right now. I mean, they're playing – they just destroyed Tennessee at Tennessee, who everybody thought was going to be the – you know, we took our predictions last week, and I said it was going to be Kentucky or Tennessee, and Tennessee just got blown out by Alabama. So I'm not looking forward to that game. We should be able to write that game off as a win every year, Alabama at home, but not this year, obviously, the way they're playing. But I think – okay, so we are three and six right now, Sticks. Out of the next four games, what does Kentucky's record have to be out of those four games for us to have a realistic shot of, you know, finishing 13-5, and 14-4 in the SEC? Well, uh, they're stretched in this month is quite ridiculous, to be quite honest. I mean, they play Florida, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, LSU, Alabama again, and Texas, who might be one of the hottest teams in the country. So all of yeah. those teams have a winning record. Uh, I believe uh, the only team that has three losses is Alabama, who just whooped up on Tennessee. So they've got a hard stretch. They've got to go at the very worst two and two uh, to have any sort of shot of winning the conference. Three and one, ideally, obviously. But uh, yeah, that's kind of see. what I was thinking. I think I think two and two, you you can still get to where you want to be. Uh, if you can pull off three and one, or by the grace of God, go four and zero. Oh, you know, maybe BJ Boston finally becomes the player he needs to be. Then you know that's ideal. I think that one and three does not get us there because then we still have to go. We have to play Florida again. You said we have to play Alabama later this month. We got Georgia again, Auburn again. And I don't see us only losing two of those games. If, if we was to go one and three that, you know, so I think we're going to have to go two and two at the worst. I think, I think we can put up a fight with all of them. Uh, I think our defense, even though when our offense struggles, I think our defense keeps the game close most of the time as long as we stay out of foul trouble. So I'm thinking we can we can probably beat Alabama at home if our defense is ready to guard John Petty. And we should be able to take Georgia. I think they don't have an Anthony Edwards this year. So I'm hoping for two and two, if not three and one. <coughs> yeah, you got to win your games at home. So you got to take care of Alabama and then you got to, you know, I know it's not in the next week um, or so that we're talking about, but you also got to take care of LSU later this month at home. 
Yeah, and a game so, and a game that you mentioned that I kind of forgot about. I forgot we have the Texas game this year. Uh, I I was excited about that game when they announced the SEC Big Twelve Challenge, and normally we don't get Kansas because we play Kansas in the Champions Classic. But the Texas game, I was like, all right, Texas is like they're a good team, but and they'll be ranked when we play them. But they're usually like Kentucky should beat Texas eight out of 10 games. And then the season started and everything fell apart. So now that just, if we can pull off that win too, I mean, it's, we're going to need something to help our resume because with the exception of North Carolina, all the teams that have beat us are losing now. Yeah. The, the nice thing about the Texas game you have coming up, you do have Texas at home. uh, So that's always nice. Uh, But they are just absolutely steamrolling teams. Uh, the, the only, their only loss this season, I believe was in December, who'd they lose to, uh, Villanova by four points. So, um, they're yeah, nine and, and one and they you, just came off a 25 point win over Kansas. Yeah. I mean, they, they made Kansas look terrible, which Kansas beat us. So that's not a good thing, but if we can beat them, if we can, you know, get them in here, BJ Boston, picks it up, Terrence Clark comes back healthy. Who knows it, when or if Keon Brooks is coming back. But if, if, you know, maybe some of these guys start stepping up and we're able to, to put it on them a little bit and jump out ahead. But that is my UK rant until we get to the football section. Because yeah, a, a, a big thing to note before we, you know, hop on out of this section is how much do you think it matters for these young kids that UK doesn't have fans in the stands right now? Oh, it's huge. And it's not huge everywhere, but the Dukes and the Kentuckys and the, the Arkansas and Kansases, you know, those are the places where it really matters. You know, at EKU, does it suck? Yeah, but were those games ever really packed? No, not really. But, you know, at these places where you're at Rupp and you have 25,000 people, it's a whole lot different because we had a play the other night where Isaiah Jackson, I mean, smacks the ball off the backboard and it, it doesn't hit the ground to like the free throw line. I mean, he beat it and it's it, no, you, there was no cheers you could hear really, you know what I mean? And, and these kids, I, I listen to KSR a lot and they talk about all the time that these kids don't have that full effect of, you know, they get all the negative from the social media of all these people trashing them because they're not playing well, but they don't have the big blue madness night where they get to interact with the fans and the, and the camp outs and the, and, you know, hearing Ruff go wild when they hit a big shot. Yeah, it's got to be huge for them being freshmen. You know, first time at the college level. Uh, I've been to Rupp once. It's a wild place, uh, even as a, you know, not a Kentucky fan. Uh, so, yeah, it's got to be tough on those kids. Uh, when you're a team like that, that does thrive so much on the fans and the atmosphere that is provided at Rupp. Uh, definitely and not only that, help. not not only just for them, but now you don't have road games. You know, th- these teams, these Vandies and whoever else were playing at home, they don't come interrupt and get the twenty five thousand people in their face. So this is just an open practice to them. And not that they don't teams don't always come interrupt and play like it's their Super Bowl because they do. But now they don't have the added pressure of the fans booing them and yelling at them and everything else, and the momentum swings. Yeah, so, I mean, of course you'd love to have 
the fans there. Uh, you know, I also think it hurts some of these smaller schools when they do get a chance to play a big school and pull off that upset. You know, those schools are really, you know, pick up off the fan energy when they go on runs. These runs are such a big part of college basketball. And a lot of times coaches have to call timeouts. Uh, exactly. Because the crowd just gets too wild. And you're just not seeing that this year, which kind of sucks. But, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully we'll get fans back in the stands uh, maybe by midsummer uh, would be my best guess. But yeah, Well, speaking uh, of runs, Sticks, uh, in the NBA, everybody knows the Warriors had probably one of the greatest four- to five-year runs we've ever seen. And this is a story you brought up. The – Obviously, the the Warriors are going to struggle without KD. Not that they wasn't great before, but now, you know, some other pieces have moved. Their bench is different. So tell me about your theory on the Warriors dynasty. Is it over? Is it not over? So coming into this year, uh, we know the injuries that plagued them last year. So it was a whole different scenario. Uh, they came in. They got a top five draft pick. They got James Wiseman. Uh, who was supposed to be the number one prospect, I believe, in college basketball going into the year last year. We know how his career ended up in Memphis with a scandal and and him being pushed out of uh, playing there and quitting, I believe, after first couple months of the season and preparing for the NFL, NFL, NBA draft. Uh, So they got him. They've got some key players returning. Clay Thompson obviously lost that big injury. But even with Clay out, I thought they were going to be Still a good team, uh, probably pushing for a playoff spot. I mean, but they came out just god-awful to start the season. I believe their first two losses, they lost one game by like 50 points and then lost another game by like 30. I mean, it was just terrible. Um, they yeah. righted the ship. Four and three, I think the record is now. But uh, dynasty over, probably, uh, because I think, you know, when I think of dynasties, the obvious one that comes to mind is the Patriots. Um, you know, do I still think the Warriors have the chance to still be competitive going forward in the next few years? I do. Uh, but I think when I think of dynasty, I think the true dynasty is over. Well, the thing about dynasties is people, people believe that a dynasty lasts for so long and, you know, it's this crazy thing. But in all reality – Five years is probably the most you're getting out of one. I mean, you've, you've had Alabama football really become probably the longest reigning one. That, or I guess the Patriots were a pretty good dynasty there for a while. But in most sports, in most settings, these dynasties are three, four, five years max. You know what I mean? And now KD's gone. Uh, they've had injuries. You know, Steph just came back off one. Clay's on another. Draymond is not his peak anymore they don't have the talented bench that they had before so i'm gonna say that yeah they're over they could add a piece here and there and still probably make a run in the west i don't see them better than the clippers or the lakers i don't like i don't see them unless they add just you know a big name free agent i don't see them getting back to the finals really anytime soon honestly i'd like to see steph leave or clay one of the two and go make a run somewhere else and join up with a real superstar and just to add a little bit more parity, you know, like I wouldn't want him to go to the Lakers, but I'd want him to go to maybe the Nuggets or a Houston or something, you know, get, shake it up just a little more. Yeah. Uh, in an interesting point you brought up there, uh, you talked about the Alabama dynasty. And I think 
when you look at college and NFL sports, I mean, the college sports, you can recruit your players. Uh, that's why these, you know, you see these programs have success year in and year out, you know, for as long as they have. But, you know, professional sports are built around parity. You know, with the draft, with the worst teams getting the best players in the draft, theoretically, and so on and so forth. So it's really hard to have a dynasty last for, yeah, like you said, any more than probably half a decade. You know, you look at the Heat kind of had a dynasty that kind of led into the Warriors dynasty. Uh, And then, you know, but more than five or six years, that's, I mean, even Michael Jordan's Bulls. That was 91 to 98 with two years in there where Jordan retired. Uh, but you just don't see anything. Especially in basketball where guys hit their peak so quick and then come down off of it. You know, they get old fast. With pretty much every player except LeBron, you know, that's kind of what happens. Not that they still aren't great. And basketball is also a game where it can be taken over by one player. You know, you have, you have a LeBron or a KD or, you know, a Harden on your team that can just go get theirs it makes it a lot easier for i guess a dynasty to to work if they have the right pieces around them yeah i mean the warriors still have the pieces you know they made it to their original run with the first two finals with just steph clay and draymond where they're kind of big three and they still have those guys but you got like you said clay's injured draymond's not as effective he's also injured uh as well and Steph you know he's kind of on an island trying to put up all the points I mean he put up 62 the other night in order for them to win yeah so so speaking of uh, like big threes like you know last year we saw a shift from trying to have a big three on your team to go into like a, a stud duo and then maybe having a little a few extra pieces on your bench if you could build a franchise right now what would you rather have? Would you rather have like a, you know, an A plus player in Steph and maybe an A to an A minus in Clay and then like a solid B in Draymond? Or do you take a LeBron AD A plus and A plus one? So you're saying you do you want two like two top ten bona fide superstars? Or okay, let me put it this them? way. Have you ever seen those things where it's like Here's fifteen dollars. Build your best concert. Okay. And you have like yeah. you know top of the league, like five dollars, yeah. and then like you know good but not great, like one dollar artist. So something like that. Um, would you rather have? Would you go top heavy, or would you try to build a, a okay but slightly more balanced team? So so here's my thing. I would rather build a team like the Heat have built to get to the finals last year. Uh, that would be my thinking because I think something like that will last um, rather than going out and getting these stud free agents. And, you know, those players really last as long as their contracts will allow them. I mean, you look at the Cavs. The, I mean, LeBron left. They were terrible. He came back. They were good for a few years. And now they stink again, you know. So, yeah, it's I great while they're there. They might get you a championship or two. But I think long term, uh, I'd go with a, a solution, something like the, uh, the Heat have down in Miami. I like that, but let me tell you why you're wrong. So you do need a team built like the Nuggets or the Heat, you know, have a solid, young, athletic core, guys that can knock down shots and you're not paying a ton to. But I think you have to have it, preferably two superstars. 
You know what I mean? A LeBron, a Kawhi, a Paul George, a James Harden. You have to have those guys because I love Jamal Murray. I love Devin Booker. I love Tyler Hero. All these guys that show Luka Doncic. I like these guys, but they're not the type of guy that can just go get one. They're too young right now. They're not mature enough to go win the titles by themselves. So you need that veteran superstar leadership that's been there before you. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. I mean, Jimmy Butler did all he could down in Miami. Uh, he is their, you know, quote unquote superstar, more or less. Yeah. D- okay. But, so does Jimmy Butler win a title before he retires? In Miami? Uh, I, I'm assuming he's going to be in Miami for a little bit, but pretty much anywhere. Um, let's assume I, he's, let's assume he's he got to be in Miami. put in the right situation. He's ass- got to be put in the right situation. So, yeah, let's say, assuming he stays in Miami. Does Pat Riley put enough pieces around him for him to win a championship? Yes. But I also say that because I don't think the Eastern Conference is, uh, you know, crazy, crazy good. Yeah. I like – I would go with yes, but it's not going to be until LeBron retires and some of the other superstars like KD get old. But – I think that if, if there's a program or an organization that's going to build that knows how to build around people, it's probably the Heat. So I'll, I'm gonna say yes too, but I just don't. It's not going to be for a little bit. No, I mean you got to wait for guys like uh, Bam and Tyler Hero and some of the other pieces they've got around them down there to uh, mature and get a little bit better. For sure. All right, sticks. Let's go ahead and let's go to the college football realm. We'll save the NFL for last. We have a lot of – that's a lot of our gambling picks is the NFL. So, we'll start with uh, Devontae Smith. He obviously won the Heisman yesterday. Him, uh, Trevor Lawrence came in second. I believe Mac Jones was third. Kyle Trask was fourth. And Najee Harris was fifth in the voting. Do you? Do, he's the first wide receiver to win it th- since, I think, what, 92 when uh, Desmond Howard won it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so do you agree? Do you disagree? Who do you think should have won? Uh, I agree. I was a fan of Devontae Smith getting it. I thought he was the best player this year as far as performances, you know, stats, uh, given the craziness of this year. I mean, if you just watched him play, the kid's just an absolute superstar. I mean, obviously, Alabama's got uber talent over there on that side of the ball. But uh, I thought he deserved it more than Mac Jones, personally. Yeah. Let me let me say this. Devontae Smith definitely deserves it. However, who in the world – it blows my mind that Mac Jones was not only in the conversation, but as high as he was. Listen, I'm happy for the kid. He had a good year. But do you really think that he is some uber-talented quarterback? I don't think Alabama has many of those, hardly ever. Even Tua, I didn't think, was super great. And it's kind of showing in the NFL. I think that a lot of people look good at Alabama because of who they have around them. And I think Mac Jones, while he had a good year, I don't know that I ever looked at him and, and was like, that kid's a Heisman winner. He's going to do good things in the NFL. Yeah, he went, to, I, he went to Kentucky first, and Kentucky don't put out that many good quarterbacks. Yeah, I you know I think he's a product of right place, right time. Cast. 
and being Alabama, I mean. And it does help when you have a Heisman candidate running back and wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, outside of Tua and Jalen Hurts, who are both rookies in the NFL, uh, there's not a single starting Alabama quarterback in the NFL. From I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm about 99% sure that's the case. Yeah. And, uh, okay, well, here's also something interesting, and it's a little off topic, but a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL don't come from big Power 5 schools anyway. Yeah, that is a – that's a very good point. You know, you know, almost none. I mean, you have like Joe Burrow. You have the rookies here recently, the the Tua's, the Jalen Hurts, uh, Joe Burrow, you know, like the last couple classes. But most of them, Baker, I guess. But a lot of yeah. like the greats especially don't come from one. I mean, Peyton Manning was a Tennessee quarterback and Tom Brady was Michigan. You got Aaron Rodgers who went to what, Cal? Cal, yeah. And Russell Wilson. Cal. Russell Wilson was, went to uh, NC, NC State. State and Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, you have Patrick Mahomes, who went to Texas Tech. So, I mean, I guess I guess there is a lot of power fives, but but they're not just not the they're not they're the not powerhouse. Yeah, exactly. They're not the Alabamas and the Clemsons, even though we'll see how Trevor Lawrence does. You know, you have Andrew Luck, who went to Stanford, uh, even though he's out of the league. He was a stud. You know, yep. Robert Griffin, the third that year, he was went to Baylor. Baylor. Um, but, you know, like these quarterbacks that we did think were going to be great. You know, you had Jameis Winston who went to Florida State. He's not a starter anymore. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Mariota at Oregon. Uh, he's not a starter anymore in the league. Um, they were both top two draft picks, I believe, one, two, uh, when they came out. Um, Oklahoma's produced a few good ones. You know, you got Baker. Yeah, you got um, Baker, Kyler. Now. But, you know, Lamar Jackson, Louisville, uh, Big Ben, Miami of Ohio. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I think is going to be an exception to that kind of theory that we have. Yeah. I I think to be a once in a generation quarterback. Yeah. He's, he's going to be the exception, not the rule. All right. So we kind of got off topic. Let's get back into the, the new year six bowls and stuff. So let's start with the Florida, Oklahoma game, Oklahoma, rolls florida we both we got the pick pretty wrong sticks yeah well so here's the thing with picking these bowl games and and, you know how many days in advance we're picking these now i don't like to make excuses but we're picking these games five to six days out from when they're actually happening uh we're not seeing who's out with covid we're not seeing who's resting for the draft uh so at full strength you know do i think that Florida wins that game? Maybe, maybe not. They're definitely not probably getting blown out 55 to 20. I mean, Kyle Trask had barely anyone to throw to uh, yeah. that game. So yeah, Kyle it's Pitts really hard to, to when you really put that into perspective. Uh, but, you know, I love the SEC getting beat up on a little bit in the last week. Hey, my, not my team. Not my team. You know who really got beat up on? The ACC. I oh I yeah, they went. 0, I believe they went zero and six in bowl games. They were they were over, definitely over. Didn't yeah, want to get. I got. Yeah. I'm going to rant about Notre Dame here in a little bit, but I'm going to save those the playoff games for last. All right, we have Texas Tech or Texas A and M. I'm sorry, beats North Carolina. I can't remember. I, I think you picked UNC on that one. I took Texas A and M. So, 
I was way right. They it, it, and the, the final score is forty-one to twenty-seven, but in all reality, that game was a lot closer than that. UNC, I feel like, was ahead most of it, or at least a, a decent amount of it. Yeah, I mean, that game was a lot closer than fourteen points. Uh, it was a fun watch. Uh, I, I saw most of it. Um, you know, I think North Carolina has a possible NFL quarterback in Sam Howell, so that was kind of cool to see. Kellen a stud in his own. Uh, yeah, Kellamon. I mean, they talked about him being, you know, the preseason Heisman watch, and somewhere along the way, he just kind of fell out of it. Not that his team was doing bad, but nobody was talking about him anymore for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was the Texas A&M deal or what it was, but yeah, he did not get the recognition that uh, some of the other big name guys got this year. Yeah. Okay. We also had this wasn't. It's technically a New Year's Day bowl, but it's what not a new year six uk ends up beating north carolina state in the gator bowl uh obviously as a uk fan i like that i told you that that was going to happen uh nc state their quarterback had every issue imaginable i mean that dude he, he just had a bad game to say the very least kentucky tried to give it away like they always do they got out to a big lead had a lot of opportunities a lot of points left on the field uh, the defense ended up having three interceptions, though, which ultimately decided the game. They scored like 13 points off the three interceptions. So they won 23-21. Uh, that's the only non-New Year's six, I guess, we'll talk about. The yeah. Iowa State-Oregon game, Iowa State won 34-17. You know, I told you when I watched the Pac-12 championship, I thought that the Pac-12 was a big joke compared to, you know, other Every, everybody five, else every other conference and you know they got handled pretty easily by an Ohio Iowa State team that I really don't know a whole lot about yeah no I mean the only thing I know is both their quarterbacks uh played high school football in Arizona that's <laughs> that's about all I know and I learned that this week so I mean Iowa State they put up a, they had a pretty good year for them in the Big 12 obviously uh, lost Oklahoma in a pretty good game uh, I will say, though, uh, going back to your Kentucky game real quick, NC State did get the cover on that, you know, a little yeah. uh, backdoor, little backdoor two-and-a-half-point cover with that 23-21 win. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I, that I, was kind of a nice little chip on the, chip yeah, on the it, block there for And me. realistically, Kentucky should have – I mean, they should have won that game oh, a whole yeah. lot more than they did. They, they left so many points on the board for just dumb penalties. They were trying – the North, did you see where the U, uh, Jesus, I can't talk. The North Carolina State head coach, because the game got real chippy, especially toward the end. And they asked the coach about it. And he said, I don't know, ask them, trying to blame it on Kentucky. Did you see that? I did. I did. I didn't like that. It seemed like a lot of their, their players had something to do. Did you see Brandon Eccles flop? That was, I mean, that was everywhere. You had to see that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I did see the flop. I mean, I, he just, <laughs> and the best part was is how he played along with it because it happened and the guy pushed him and he fell. I was like, oh, ha ha. And then, and then he laid there and nobody came to check on him. I was like, and he just, he kept going. I was like, hold on a second. Is this like, did he actually like get hurt? Did he hit his head? And then when they started doing CPR, I kind of was like, oh, okay. You know, he, he was just kidding, but that dude deserves a, an award. of Yeah. I mean, it, he laid there for a solid, I mean, Long, long enough to make you think yeah. like hold on a second what <laughs> yeah if you didn't really know what was going on like 
he laid there well long enough for you to kind of think maybe he was hurt there for a second. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was. But hilarious. yeah, I saw an interesting little um, a, a tidbit that they showed at the end of that game about Kentucky seniors. Uh, so that senior class at Kentucky, they beat Florida for the first time in 33 yep. years. Uh, they beat Tennessee in Knoxville, if I'm not mistaken, yep. Yep. for the first time in a long time. Yep. They were three and one in bowl games. Uh, if well, they've, not, they've won. They've been to five straight and won three straight, I believe. So they're yeah. either three and two in the past five years or four and one. I'm not sure. The last one they lost was, I guess, the one before the Citrus Bowl. I cannot remember who they, what the bowl was, but they, the next year they beat Penn State in the Citrus Bowl in 2018. Yes. So I guess 2017 was the last one they lost. And two of the three in the last three years have been New Year's Day Bowls. So that's, that's huge for, you know, a program yeah. like Kentucky. And now Terry Wilson has transferred, or he's entered the transfer portal. They're saying it's possibly New Mexico is where he's going to go. I have never been a big Terry Wilson fan anyway, but so I'm not too upset to see him go, but he is one of the only two. There's two quarterbacks that have ever done this is Terry Wilson and some other guy from a long time ago to win in Knoxville and win in Gainesville. So, and he was the quarterback when we won the, the citrus bowl with Benny Snell and Josh Allen in that group. So as much as I don't necessarily care for him as a quarterback, I will forever be thankful to him because he, he, if nothing else was the quarterback that really is brought Kentucky to a respectable program. And now who knows in a couple of years, we could have a chance to fight for the sec championship. Yeah. Uh, they need a quarterback in a bad way. Their offense has been stagnant. Uh, they have a hell of a defense and had a hell of a defense for a while. Yeah. But, and know, everybody's returning very, very heavy on the run game. They just can't, fl- they can't play from behind flat out. Uh, they play well when they get a lead but they just can't play well from behind and they thrive off turnovers and uh, with and, a good, good quarterback, they could be a great team. You know, and we have Joey Gatewood, who's like our highest prospect ever now him and Bo Allen. So there's, they've been saying it's going to be an open competition between those two. A lot of people close to the program don't really know, you know, as, go, as good as Joey Gatewood is apparently Bo Allen is right there with him. And, and they fired Eddie Grand before the bowl game here, and now they've got Liam Cohen coming in as soon as the Ram season is over. He's their assistant Offensive. quarterback coach. Yeah. So he, okay. he's, a, he's a, a young, smart dude, and obviously coming from the Sean McVay umbrella, there's going to be a lot of passing, a lot of stuff that he's going to be able to do. So I'm excited for next year to kind of see where we're going. We have a our, – our leading receiver is taking the option to come back for another senior year, and we have – the best wide receiver class we've ever recruited. So, and all, but I think one or two of our linemen from the big blue walls coming back. So we, we have a chance to be real good again next year. Yeah, that's exciting, especially for a program like Kentucky. Uh, you know, I like it when some of the smaller schools in the SEC make waves. Uh, it's yeah. nice seeing the big boys go down. So I'll be yeah. rooting for them. Yeah. I, I see Kentucky a lot like the UNC, you know, a traditional basketball school that, is finally starting to, to figure it out in football as well. I feel like Kentucky and UNC are similar in a lot of ways, and that's just another one of them. Yeah, I mean, it starts with good coaching. I mean, North Carolina got Mac Brown from Texas. He's done a good job with that program. Mark Stoops has done a good job as well at UK. So, yeah, uh, I'd like to see both yeah. 
you know, yeah. continue on the trend that they're on. So exactly. All right. So we got way back off topic again. That seems to be a theme today. All right. <laughs> Let's get into the rest of the New Year's Six Bowls and then we can get into the championship game, which I'm sure you're excited about. Yeah. All right. UGA, uh, Georgia and Cincinnati. I told you that this would be probably a high power game. And it's, if you look at the score 24, 21, it's really not. However, I had a great time. Like this was a fun game to watch. It was a great game to watch. Uh, I think UC proved that they every bit deserved to be there uh, and could compete with a top SEC school with the team that they had. Uh, they were up for 99% of the game and should have probably won the game. Uh, yeah, it really came down to poor time management on their part. But Yeah, poor time management, couldn't run out the clock, and the kicker made, I mean, just an absolute bomb. Yeah, and I, that's got to be heartbreaking for Cincinnati because we've talked about how the the smaller schools want so bad to be respected and to be able to get put into the into the the playoffs and stuff. And that would have been a great first step to have a Cincinnati team beat Georgia. And the bad part is, is that nobody's going to care because they lost. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't get talked about for losing that big bowl game. You know, exactly. you think of like the teams that have been great that were under it, you know, that UCF team, you know, even though they like to claim a national championship, they did win that bowl game. So I will give them that, uh, you know, then you have that Boise state team. That was incredible back in the day that, uh, that yeah. beat the Oklahoma team with like a crazy statue of Liberty or something <laughs> like that. And like overtime, that was a fun game to watch. Uh, but yeah, they're not going to get talked about like those teams just because, you know, they didn't finish it off and uh, get that win in the bowl game. Yeah, that, that's disappointing. But hopefully they can get back next year, maybe have a little bit better season and then actually, you know, have a chance for the for the playoffs. Let's talk about the Northwestern Auburn game. I, I believe you picked Northwestern to win and I picked Auburn and. I said at the time I didn't like Auburn, but I thought just because they're an SEC team, I'll take them. They got embarrassed. Uh, the score was 19 to 35 Northwestern, but it really wasn't that close when you watched it. Auburn, they sucked. Yeah, I mean, Auburn did not look good. Uh, I didn't know Northwestern was capable of putting up 35, <laughs> <laughs> to, to be quite honest. Um uh, Jim Fitzgerald, I really like their – no, not Jim, Pat Fitzgerald. They've got a great coach there at Northwestern, very old-school, classic guy, uh, you know, loves to run the football, loves to uh, play good defense, kind of runs like a pro-style offense. You know, they've got a good coach, and I think that good coaching in college football just means so much. Uh, if you've got a good coach, you can kind of overcome some of your recruitment liabilities at schools that aren't, you know, your Alabama, your Clemson, yeah. your Ohio State, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I see him, you know, if he does decide to go somewhere else, I think he'd be a big get for a big program. Yeah, uh, I think as long as he's having success in Northwestern that he'll probably stay there. But there's no doubt that, you know, two, maybe two more years of this and there's an SEC school knocking on his door. Yeah, I mean, he went to SC, or the Big Ten Championship this year. Uh, they were also there two years ago against Ohio State, uh, same situation. And they had the lead in the fourth quarter, I want to say, against Ohio State two years ago. Um, and they played them well again this year. 
Yeah, so, this year, I mean, there was a, there was legitimate thoughts of them beating Ohio State this year watching that game. Oh, I mean, I thought we were going to lose for for more than half of that game. Um, I, I felt more comfortable watching us whoop up on Clemson than I did in the Northwestern game at times. Well, let's but, talk about that, Sticks. Uh, this, I got to rant about Kentucky twice now. So just go, go ahead. Let's hear about how Ohio State took down Clemson and Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, quite honestly, if this is what this Ohio State team is capable of, Man, I would have loved to see another six games during the regular season. I mean, they were just – I mean, Justin Fields looked like a stud. Uh, we got two calls during the game that just reeked of karma from last year. The targeting call that got the linebacker ejected for Clemson. Just flashbacks of Sean Wade getting ejected last year for his hit on um, Trevor Lawrence. And then you also have the – fumble where maybe he had it against the side of his hip. Maybe he didn't have it against the side of his hip, <laughs> which just reeks of the fumble of the incompletion from last year where the guy took three steps, but he said that, you know, he didn't make a football move, but he had three steps and we didn't get the fumble for the touchdown. So yeah, I just love the karma and seeing Dabo eat his words after the game was just, yeah, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> you know, he came out uh, after our show last week, but before the game and said that Ohio State's the 11th best team in the country. And, and of course, when you get blown out like that, it, it couldn't have been good. It couldn't have felt good, you know, after he mentioned that and then he lost. But th- that really was embarrassing. And if there's if there was a time for Dabo Sweeney to be humble, that was it. And, of course, Dabo's never humble. I like him, but he, he likes to talk a lot. But, yeah, Ohio State looked really good. Justin Fields really impressed me. I didn't – he, a lot like a lot of running quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Tim Tebow and Cam Newton, a lot of times they sacrifice a lot with the with the throwing, especially deep, uh, because of their legs. They've never had to rely on their arm. He put a couple, like, but he in looked, the basket. Yeah, he had a couple deep balls that looked really good. They're – one I remember thinking was a little un- it was still completion, but it was yeah. a little underthrown. Could have had he could have put a little bit more high to the outside. But for the I mean, for the most part, he looked as good as any deep ball threat quarterback could look with like six broken ribs. Yeah, the ribs thing, uh they said he as after being hit, he went out only for one play and uh went to the sideline and told Ryan Day after the after they scored a t- – so he came back in, very next play, threw a touchdown, went to the bench and told Ryan Day, there's no way we're losing this football game. Uh, just love that. Honestly, not sure if he's going to play this week. Uh, Nick Saban's daughter put out a very controversial tweet that she has since backed up – or uh, completely backed off of, uh, claiming that the – I guess there's some Ohio State COVID uh, crisis – spread through the yeah. locker room or coaches or something. And she was saying that there that's some relation to get the players healthy, uh, AKA Justin Fields and to push the game back. Yeah. You know? I heard a little bit of rumbling about that, about, you know, for one reason or another, possibly delaying the game a couple weeks and how everybody was going to lose their mind, blah, blah, blah. But everybody knows 
that if it was Bama, you best believe there'd be a COVID outbreak. Yeah, I mean, and Alabama could possibly be getting back Jalen Waddle, And if they get back Jalen Waddle, I mean, him and Devontae Smith, yikes. I mean, that is just outright scary. Yeah, uh, I, I think a lot of those rumors have kind of, you know, died down now. It, it seems everybody's on board of the game being this coming week. So hopefully it doesn't get pushed back. But I, I did remember seeing, you know, a lot of controversy about Ohio State wanting to push the game back and Alabama fans throwing a fit, knowing good and well that the roles were reversed. Alabama, if Mac Jones got hurt, they would have an absolute meltdown. Or God forbid, Devontae Smith got hurt. I mean, the excuses would be, I mean, <coughs> rampant <coughs> in either situation. Um, of course, obviously, I want Justin Fields to play. Um, but, you know, stranger things have happened. We've uh, had a situation quite like this before about six yep. years ago. Backup quarterback had to come in and whoop some ass. So if that's got to be the case again, uh, I'm sure we got our Cardell Jones sitting on the bench somewhere. Listen, I know yeah, everybody uh, hates – I know everybody hates on Ohio State fans, and probably rightfully so. But I got to tell you, I really hope Ohio State beats Alabama. Yeah. I uh, I am on the I mean, Buckeye. I, I'm on the Buckeye train, and I, I'm an SEC fan, obviously. But I'm on the Buckeye train. I'm so sick of hearing about how awesome Alabama and Nick Saban are. I'm so sick of hearing it. But okay, we'll, we'll talk about that game here in a second. Let's go ahead and finish the New Year Six with Alabama steamrolling Notre Dame, and we're, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because Notre Dame doesn't deserve that. They're like zero and six in New Year's Day or playoff games in the past six years and 20 years yeah 20 years since 2000 but yeah yeah and they get absolutely steamrolled in the game it's not like they keep it close and lose on a field goal I mean they get steamrolled and we we almost covered the spread the spread was 18 and a half or 19 and a half I'm sorry and they won by 18 so we almost got the spread on that but Notre Dame should never be allowed back into a serious bowl game until they can go win a couple you know whatever town hall bowls or music city bowls or Liberty bowls until they yeah, can prove that they're winning so those. It's kind of bullshit that Notre Dame is allowed in on a petty resume when teams like, you know, I don't think they're any better than Cincinnati. I really don't not saying Cincinnati should have got in over Notre Dame, uh, maybe Texas A&M in that case scenario, but Notre Dame, has proved time and time again that they just don't have the talent to, to, you know, to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they, they get the benefit of the, of the doubt from 35 years ago. Yeah. This ain't Rudy's Notre Dame anymore. This team, like I said, they have, they, if, if I'm on the committee, I'm saying they will never get my vote until they win five years of not playoff games. They have to win five regular bowl games before they get my vote to get in the playoff because they are just embarrassing not only themselves, but the committee at this point. I mean, it just, if Clemson just would have taken care of business the first time around, uh, granted, I know they're without plenty of players, uh, but if they win that game in overtime and then whoop them again in the ACC championship game, like they did, I don't think there's, any whiff of a doubt that uh, Notre Dame would not have been in the playoffs. I mean, everybody knew. Yeah, I mean, everybody knew what was going. Everyone yeah. knew what was going to happen. 
and for some reason they keep getting put in there and it it, it everybody's proved right every year so so okay here's this though uh is moving to an eight team playoff the right move i'm gonna say no because in all reality you have the same three teams at the top would it be fun to see you know maybe georgia go up against notre dame or in the second round or something or you know you're gonna fight for that number four spot really we know that alabama Ohio state and clemson are moving on they might as well just give them a bye and let some play-in teams go for that last spot because while it'd be fun to have that extra week of football i don't think it changes the outcome any yeah so I agree with you. There's those few teams at the top that dominate and are going to dominate um, and put themselves on a whole nother level. I mean, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama are on a a whole nother level of the rest of the good teams, and they've proven that this year. Uh, However, instead of maybe an eight-team playoff, I'd like to see six. So your top two seeds get a bye. uh, Then you let the three through six teams play each other. Uh, I think the three versus the six and the four versus the five would be really good games. And if they get a little bit of momentum, they could probably put up a good game with a one, two. That's what I would like to see. Personally, you got, you got room for your power five conference winners and you have a room for a, a Cinderella. Uh, I think that pleases everybody. That's my, you know, I like that solution. I, I like that better than the eight team idea, but you're still going to have somebody whining that uh, they're the seventh team instead of the ninth team. Yeah, I mean, the there, there's there's always going to be that team. There's that's going to be left out. That's why the when you only had two, you couldn't really complain that much. Yeah. Uh, to be quite honest, more often than that than not, they chose the two best teams that year. You know, however, yeah. uh, I do like the playoff better than what it was. Yeah, uh, but it, more than I like that. But I like the playoff as an idea. I think that if you're going to expand it, go to six before you go to eight, because I don't think it's going to change anything. If anything, it's just giving these kids one more game to get hurt in and possibly ruin the their NFL uh, career. But all right, six, let's move into the NFL. We'll talk uh, national championship game at the end. So. We're seeing with the Browns, there was supposedly a big COVID outbreak with the Browns. Then it comes back and says everybody's healthy, and now Kevin Stefanski has it. How much different – you know, we just saw the Browns beat the Steelers, but now how different is it going to be with him not there calling the plays and we're in the playoffs this week? Yeah, so Pat McAfee talked about this on his podcast this week. So um, I guess day of game years ago, back when he was playing, Bruce Arians was the play caller of the Colts. They found out day of, uh, morning of, Bruce Arians had some sort of medical condition, had to go to the hospital, wasn't able to call plays. Pat said that was a huge deal. They only ended up scoring nine points that game. I believe it was in the playoffs against the Ravens. So I do think it's a big deal. Biggest difference is they have a few days to prepare. You know, yeah, they, they have, they've and they I have an saw, offensive coordinator. I you also know, but saw he's not the on, one calling uh, the plays. I saw on first take today where they were considering or going to petition the NFL to allow 
Kevin Stefanski to try to coach virtually. Do you like that idea? You know, being on the spot, I don't have an issue with it as long as there's you know, I, I don't see how that would give them some sort of unfair advantage. Well, the only way that gives them an advantage is if, you know, and the reason they coaches aren't allowed to do this anyway is because, you know, the eye in the sky, they, they have a view that would be different from being right there on the field, and that could be an unfair advantage, I guess, seeing the defense or well, whoever. From well, I mean, angle. you do have guys up in the box, though. Uh, you know, there are play callers that, you know, yeah, coach from the box. So that's kind of I, what I, don't I was see thinking. Why not? You know, yeah, so. I'm sure I'm sure there's a legitimate reason that they haven't allowed coaches to do that. But I think that if we're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna go the whole season where coaches aren't allowed to do that, we can't change the rules now. We have to yeah. at least finish this season out. But okay, let's talk let's talk the playoff picture sticks. We have the Chiefs and the AFC have the bye, the number one seed. The Bills will take on the Colts. Let's start there. Give me your thoughts on that game. Don't give me any predictions because a lot of these games are on our picks, but let, let's talk about what we like. And the Bills are just – the Bills are the hottest team in the NFL that is playing in the wild card round, first of all. I mean, they're lights out. They woofed up on the Dolphins without their starters playing most of the game. Uh, they're a great team. I don't think Phillip Rivers can get it done in the playoffs. The Colts are a classic, uh, just good enough team. You know, I like our coaching. I like the fact that we have a run game. We have a good defense. We have things that take you into January and do well in January football games. But the Bills just have that as well, and they do it better. Do you – I saw a rumor that Carson Wentz is potentially headed to the Colts. Do you like that as a Colts fan? Oh, I am 110% against it. I would rather have so many guys than Carson Wentz. You know, yeah, but not I, so many. Yeah, but so many guys aren't leaving. You know? Well, no, I mean, guys that are available, oh, you know, okay. that are either backups or are going to be free agents this year. You know, I'd, if I had, if you had to pick a guy that's in the league right now that's going to be a free agent or is a backup quarterback, I want Matt Stafford. Okay, I like Matt Stafford. I, I've never been a big Wentz fan just because he can't stay healthy. However, I think if you're the Colts and you can't get Matt Stafford, I think Wentz has to be your number two. You know, he's proven that he can win. As Apparently, there's a lot of issues going on with the Philadelphia Eagles right now. So maybe all of his troubles aren't just his fault. But I think that if you can't get Matt Stafford, you go for Wentz because I think he's the next best option on the market right now. I think you stay away from Cam Newton. You know, some of the maybe some other quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins, I think you stay away from. So if I'm the Colts, I think he's my second choice. Well, my thing with Wentz is not only his play on the field, it's that contract that we'd have to eat. That's true too. He does have a I I really don't want to eat (laughs) I really don't want to eat that contract more than anything. Yeah, that would definitely hurt. Um Matt Stafford's contract is big as well, but not nearly what uh not nearly what Wentz's is. All right, sticks. So now we have the Browns and the Steelers. The they split this in the regular season. Obviously, last week the Browns just won over the Steelers. But in my opinion, I think it's hard. I think when you're one and one with a team and you go into the playoffs, the better team wins. The team with the better quarterback and better coach wins. And right now I think that's the Steelers. I think it's a good game. I think it's close, but I'm gonna take the Steelers to probably win it. 
just because it's hard to beat a good team, especially two or three times in a season. Yeah, with the coach out, you know, I mean, the Browns only won because Mason Rudolph couldn't complete a two-point conversion. You know, they played Mason Rudolph one by two points. I wanted nothing more than the Browns not to make the playoffs. I made that abundantly clear. Uh, So as much as I hate the Steelers, I think I like them this game. I think they have a great defense. They have what it takes to get done. And, you know, Browns have enough issues as is. And then you add in COVID. Fair enough. Let's talk. Okay. So in my opinion, this is probably the the best AFC game of wildcard weekend with the Titans and the Ravens. Neither team has looked outstanding this this season you know the Ravens they've looked good at times and not so good at others the Titans kind of the same I think I think this team is a lot more evenly matched than what people are going to give them credit for both of their offenses kind of took a step down from what they were last year but they both have just solid defense yeah they have really good defenses they have great running games but the thing that I like to look at coming into the playoffs is who's hot. The Ravens are one of the hottest teams in the league. They've won five straight in dominant fashion. Uh, I mean, the only game they had close in the last five games was against Cleveland. But you also, I mean, they've also won five straight and four of the five aren't in the playoffs. So you look at the Titans, they're three and two in their last five. Uh, even with that being said, I'm leaning the Ravens this week. I think Lamar Jackson finally gets it done in the playoffs, but I think it's definitely going to be the best game in the AFC. Well, let me ask you this. If Lamar Jackson loses and he's now 0-3 in the playoffs, do you start to look at him different? You know, he, he's been this big sensation the past two to, you know, I guess three years now. But if he goes 0-3, do you start kind of looking at him like you did a Tony Romo or an Andy Dalton, like a good regular season quarterback, but couldn't really get it done in the playoffs? I think it's too early for that just yet. I think um, it's too – it's just too early to tell. I mean, yeah, it's three games in the playoffs, and it would be three losses. You look at guys like Peyton Manning, though. Manning was probably the best regular season quarterback of all time. Uh, took him a little bit – took him a little while to get that Super Bowl. So, I think he needs time. So, what – how many years do you give him? Do you give him four, five, six before, you know, he has to produce in the playoffs? Because he can only keep – I mean, he's I know the Ravens – He's got one more are, year. One more year? In my eyes. Yeah, okay. he's got one more year in my eyes. Okay, that's fair. Let's go to the NFC. The Packers have the first round bye as the number one seed. Uh, the, the Saints, as the two seed, will take on the Bears. I don't know how competitive this game was going to be. I, I could see the Bears honestly pulling it off. But I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the Saints are going are gonna to look good. I think they're going to roll over top of them. Yeah, the Bears have won some weird games this year. Um, they beat the Bucks on Thursday Night Football in a weird, weird way earlier in the season. Mitch Trubisky, I mean, he might be one of the be- biggest enigmas in the league right now. He got benched. He won the starting job back. Somehow the Bears made the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. I really have no idea how to look at that team. They're not great at anything, really. Um, 
Yeah, got and a decent defense and this is another this is another game where they just played last week. But unlike the the Browns and the Steelers, I think there's a clear cut better team here. And the the Packers are it. I think that oh wait, the never mind. I was looking at Thanks. the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, you're good. I was looking at the wrong thing. They did play the Packers last week and got destroyed yeah. though. So I think we're yeah. both kind of on the same page with the Saints taking care of business on that one. So We'll take Seattle at number three on the Rams, number six. This, out of the NFC, this is probably the best game. I like Seattle, but they they have shown over and over again that their offense can just sputter, like absolutely sputter. And the Rams mostly sputter on offense, but they've shown the opposite where they can just light it up. So, it, in my opinion, it's really a question of which offense shows up. However, if, if I'm taking – if I'm betting a winner, I'm going to bet the, the Seahawks just because of their defense. You know, they added Carlos Dunlap from Cincinnati and a few other pieces in the middle of the season, and since then their defense has been lights out. Yeah, you got to look at things that win in January. Good running game, good coaching, and usually a good defense. Uh, Seattle's defense has been playing a lot better in the second half of the season than they did in the first half. The Rams have shown that they can lose to literally anybody in the league on any given night. They lost to the Jets a few weeks back, which, you know, almost pushed them out of the playoffs, made week 17 a must win for them. So in, in all reality, in a game like this, where you have two teams that have been very inconsistent coming down the stretch, I think you got to look at a team that, you know, just has the better players, has the better run game and better coaching and the better quarterback. So I agree with that's, you. you know, Russell Wilson, Sony can get it done. I mean, Jared Goff is, yes, they went to the Super Bowl as well, but, uh, but I like the Seahawks in this one and a close one. Yeah. All right, sticks. So the NFC East ended up playing out probably how we expected it to with, Washington being the only one that makes it. Um, Dallas obviously played a very Dallas-like game and lost to the Giants. Uh, the Giants were hoping Washington would lose to the Eagles, which almost happened if the Eagles don't make the dumbest call ever and bench Jalen Hurts. But now the Bucks will take on Washington. Uh, this is going to be obviously Tom Brady's first playoff without Bill Belichick. So how important is it to Tom Brady and who wins? Very important for Tom Brady. I think he has a lot of pressure to produce. You know, you look at him with this big move, this high, uh, high notoriety move out of New England. The Patriots don't make the playoffs. He gets all of these pieces to come in. He gets a cupcake in the first round in Washington. Uh, which is supposed to be a cupcake at least, you know, I think he probably has the most pressure on him out of anybody to perform this week, you know, probably even more than Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, this game will kind of determine Tom Brady's legacy. You know, was it because of Bill Belichick that he's this good or was Bill Belichick that good because of Tom Brady? I think, that the Bucks probably come out and take care of business. I don't I mean Washington can win. They've won enough games this year to get them where they're at, but I think the Bucks have just too much pure talent around 
uh, on both sides of the ball to really do that. They got Tom Brady, who's obviously going to want to win. But like I said, I feel like in a lot of ways, this is Tom Brady's legacy. You know, if he can win, and I don't think anyone expects them to win a Super Bowl, but I think if they can win this game, then that will kind of cement his legacy. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch also because Washington has a sneaky good defensive line. Montez Sweat and Chase Young are just straight dogs. They've had a great year. Uh, so, you know, Brady's not a mobile guy. I mean, that's been no secret. So, you know, they get him riled up. They get him pressured. They can force some turnovers. I, I like Washington to keep it close. Uh, I think they definitely cover – um, I mean, we'll get into it in a second. I think they're going to cover the spread on the line that they have for them. Yeah. But uh, I see this game going to be a lot closer than people are thinking just because, you know, Washington's coming out of the NFC East. Fair enough. All right, Sticks, real quick, uh, let's hear your Super Bowl picks for this year before the playoffs start, before we get to see any postseason action. Let's hear your uh, the two teams in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl and who wins. So I think the Chiefs are going to get stunned. I like the Bills okay. uh, to come out of the AFC. And to join them on the other side, I like Ann Rodgers and the Packers. I think Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league right now. Or maybe Mahomes, they might be on the same level. But I think, uh, I mean, the Packers are playing great football. So who's the winner, Packers or Bills? I think Rodgers gets his second this year. I like, like it. Packers. I like I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. I used to actually not like Aaron Rodgers. I thought he was arrogant. I didn't really like how he carried himself. But it seems like for some reason, since he's got Matt Lafleur as a coach, he's he's been a lot more likable of a person than as a of a quarterback. I like the Packers to come out of the NFC as well. I think they're they're hot. They're playing well. I think that he has all the pieces he needs to make a run. I think he wants it as bad as anybody. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, out of the yeah. out of the AFC. <sighs> I really do. I want to say the Bills. I think the Bills are such a good story. I like Josh Allen. I just don't know if it's their year this year. I still think Josh Allen's a little young. The Chiefs are going to have they're going to be a little more well rested. I'm going to take the Chiefs to come out of the AFC for at least one more year before the Bills, you know, are ready. And then I I want to take the Packers so bad, Sticks. I want to take them so bad. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm going to have to take the Chiefs on this one. I think, okay. I think back Mah- to back. Yeah, I know it's hard to do, but I think Mahomes is just too good. I think he's too good. He, they have Tyree Kill. They have all the pieces back that they had last year. I want. I want to take the Bills or the Packers. I really do. But and well, let me let me tell you this. I think if the Bills can upset the Chiefs and get there. I think the Bills could beat the Packers. I would probably take the Bills. But I'm going to say the Chiefs win it. In that oh. matchup, I, I do like the Chiefs. You know, if it came down to a Mahomes and Rodgers just sling fest, which would be just amazing to watch. Possibly the two most talented quarterbacks of all time. You know, I know. Oh, that would be so fun. How That would be so fun. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be rooting for my Colts. You know, I'd like to eat my words, and hopefully the Bills get knocked out of the first round. But with that being said, 
I, I just think they're just hot as can be right now. You know, we've seen teams get hot at the right time, make a run, and, and I think it could be uh, could be the Bills' year. Well, that second round, and I know that. Well, who would the Bills play? They would play the winner if the Bills win. They would play the winner of the the Browns and Steelers, correct? It'd so be two, it should be the, the lowest seed that wins will play the Chiefs. Yeah. The middle seeds will play each other. Yeah, so the winner of the Titans-Ravens should play the Chiefs. And it should – yeah, so it would be the 1-4-2-3 matchup. Yeah, I think the Bills are used to playing the cold weather. Not that Pittsburgh is sunny and warm right now by any means, but I think the Bills probably take care of business there. All right, Sticks, that is our – NFL coverage. Let's finish this up with some gambling. All right. All right. Let's hop into it. It works. All right. So last week, Sticks, we had our best week. Give yourself a pat on the back. We both went positive this week. We we didn't kill it. I'm not gonna say we killed it, but if we're betting even money, we came out on top. We didn't lose it this week, and we really helped ourselves. So Hey, it's always a good time. <clears throat> oh boy, it's always a good time to make some money. Exactly. We love making money. There we go. <clears throat> so the first game we picked was the Browns and Steelers. Cleveland was a six and a half point favorite. They did not cover, which we both called. Uh, the Steelers covered that spread, so we're both one and zero on that. Uh, number two was Washington and Philadelphia. Philadelphia was a one point favorite. Uh, they obviously did not cover on a blunder call by the coach. So you had Philadelphia covering that. I had Washington. That puts me at 2-0 and and you at 1-1. One one. Uh, the next game was Baltimore and Cincinnati. Baltimore was an 11-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, we both took Baltimore to cover that, and they did by like five times. I mean, they destroyed the yeah, Bengals. I mean, they just stomped them. Yeah, they killed them. So that is now – you are now at 2-1, and one, and I am at – is that 3-0? 3-0. 3-0. Yeah. Killing it right now. I killed the NFL. I knew it. I knew what was going to happen in the NFL. And this is where it falls apart for me. Notre Dame and Alabama. Bama was a 19-and-a-half point favorite. We both took Alabama to cover, and they almost did it for sticks. They almost gave us a, an amazing week. Oh, they only won by They should have. Yeah, they only gave us 18 points, sticks. But they didn't cover, uh, so we both lost that one. That puts you at – was that – Two and two, two, and I'm at three and one. And then the Ohio State-Clemson game, Clemson seven-and-a-half-point favorite. You took your bucks, which turned out to be the right call. I did not. So we both finished three and two. Not bad. Uh, If we can do that again this week, I'll be happy. Hopefully we go four and one or five and oh. That'd be awesome. And your lock of the week was the Dallas game, Dallas and New York. Uh, Dallas was a three-point favorite. You took Dallas. That did not happen. So you're 0 for 1 in your lock this week. And my lock of the week was the Green Bay-Chicago game. Green Bay was a six-point favorite. They did cover. I got that, so I won my lock of the week. Giving us, Sticks, a grand total overall of your record is 5 and 10. Your locks could use some work. You're 0 and 2 in your lock, Sticks. I ain't going to lie. But <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's not good when you, you know, pick a lock and the locks don't win so so we've got to make some adjustments there (laughs) exactly all in all all in all big picture we're looking good we're looking up yeah turning the corner you you were two and eight now you're five and ten so that sounds a whole lot better you know you're 50 percent 
you're working. If you can keep going, you know, three and two, four and ones, you can get back positive. I this week broke even uh, with my three and two record. I'm now sitting eight and eight on the season. So I, I like where I'm at. I'm two and one on my locks. So if you're betting nothing but my locks, you're up right now. All right, Sticks, let's get into this week. Our first game up, uh, most of these games are, or they're actually all playoff games. And we also have the Bama Ohio State game in here. So the first one will be out of the AFC with the Cleveland Browns and the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers are a six-point favorite, a minus 260 on the money line, with Cleveland being a plus 215. What do you like coming out of here? The playoffs are weird. So, you know, it, it six seems like a lot of points. You know, I feel like I'm probably going to take a lot of dogs and the spread this week just because, you know, the playoffs, everyone's playing – you know, it's a must-win game for everybody. But with that being said, in this one, uh, I think the Steelers are going to run away with it. Cleveland's just got too many issues. You know, I think the, the Steelers really, uh, you know, it's good enough that the Browns made it after 18 years. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, let, they made let's the playoffs. Our, let's take our wins with our losses. You know, it's been 18 years. It's okay if you get bounced your first time back. You know what I mean? You're rusty. You don't know what it's like. It's been a long time since you played in January. I'm with you. I think maybe if Kevin Stefanski is there and, you know, they played a little better last week, I would take the Browns to cover. But I'm saying the Steelers are at least a touchdown better this week. So I'm also going to take Pittsburgh. All right, on the next game is your Colts versus the Bills. The Bills are a a six-and-a-half point favorite. A negative 295 on the money line. The Colts are a plus 240. Um, and my, I'm going to let you go first because I don't know who I'm taking it. So I think the Colts are going to lose in very Colts-like fashion. Some, I don't know if it's going to be a field goal. I don't know if it's going to be uh, interception by Phillip Rivers on a game-tying drive. I don't know what it is. But the Colts are going to lose, but it's going to be less than six and a half. So we're going to cover the spread and lose the game. It's going to be a heartbreaker. I hope I'm wrong, but that's where I stand. Gotcha. I I understand where you're coming from. I think the Colts, they have to travel to Buffalo. It's going to be cold. Uh, Buffalo does not have a dome like the Colts are used to playing in. Phillip Rivers is a good, not great quarterback. I'm going to, I'm going to take Buffalo to cover the six and a half, a lot like the Steelers. Uh, maybe if some things were a little different, I would take Indy to cover the spread, but I'm going to take Buffalo, you know, at home in the cold weather. So the next game sticks is the Buccaneers, a seven and a half point favorite over Washington, a minus 400 on the money line to Washington's positive 315. I am going to take the Bucks here. Tom Brady has a lot to play for. He's been playing well. Uh, if Chase Young gets going, though, and, you know, he starts to put a lot of pressure on Brady, that could change a lot of things. But as of right now, I'm going to take Tom Brady and the Bucks to cover the seven and a half. I love the seven and a half lines for the underdogs. You know, all they got to do is be within a touchdown. So I like Washington. I like what they can do. I think they'll pressure the quarterback. You know, I mean, the Bucks are good. Don't get me wrong. Uh but I think Washington with Alex Smith at the helm is going to keep the game competitive. They're going to keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. And I like to, this one to stay close. 
Yeah, it's a big spread. I wanted to take Washington, but I Tom Brady's just been hot. He's thrown a ton of yards, a ton of touchdowns the past couple of weeks. So that that's why I'm going to take uh, Tampa Bay on this one. But I definitely could see a scenario where that's not the case. All right, six. Uh, Baltimore and Tennessee. Baltimore is a three-point favorite, uh, minus 180, and the Titans are a plus 152. Who are you taking? I really don't like three. I think this game is going to come down to three one way or the other. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens. They're hot. You know, they're the hot team at the right time. I think uh, Lamar Jackson gets her done. I think he gets off the snide and uh, gets them to the second round. <sighs> this one's hard for me. I think I think exactly what you said. I think it is a three-point game. Uh, it is in Tennessee, which makes me want – you know, they say when they make odds that the home team gets three points automatically, which tells me here that – this is a dead even game, and they gave the home team three. Oh, wait, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They gave the away team three, which tells me that they think the Ravens are slightly better. And because of that, I'm going to take Baltimore. Um, I don't love it. I could see this game going either way, but I'll take Baltimore just because you took Baltimore. And finally, Sticks, the big game this week. The NCAA championship, Alabama at Ohio State. I expect this number to move quite a bit before game day. Um, right now, Alabama is an eight and a half point favorite with a minus 300 on the money line. Ohio State is a plus 235. I feel like eight and a half is a lot, but I think Alabama should be able to cover it. But it depends on the Ohio State team you get. You know, you get the the Big Ten championship, Ohio State, or do you get the Clemson, Ohio State? You tell me who you're going to pick first. Well, I mean, I, Buckeyes have blown them out, first and foremost. If oh. Justin Fields is – if you Justin think, Fields is on the – So you're telling me – If Justin Fields is on the uh, – he's on the field. Okay, well, I'll give you – how about this? If Justin Fields doesn't play, I'll give you a pass. We won't count this one. All right. That's a uh, that's a deal. But, no, I like the Bucks. I like a money line. I think they're, you know – I mean, that's a game you can make a decent amount of money if you have the money to bet. You know I mean? For – if you bet $100 on Ohio State, they're going to pay you back your 100 and then 235 So, I mean, you can make a little bit of money if you got it to bet. Yeah, I just – I think the Buckeyes are playing – if they play like they played against Clemson, I don't think they'll lose. I, I just don't – Yeah, they have I mean, to they come they play great on both sides of the football. They have the athletes to play with Alabama. So, you know, I, I think Devontae Smith can be neutralized in some sense of the word. You know, Notre Dame did not have the speed on the outside to keep up with Alabama's wide receivers. Ohio State does. Uh, now, one thing I will say, I do not want Sean Wade on Devontae Smith. He's supposed to be our, you know, coming into the year, was supposed to be a top 10 pick cornerback. He has not looked great uh, this season in my mind. I think he is probably a better zone coverage corner. He does not do great man-to-man. He got burned a few times last week. I like seven banks. I think he's a freshman or a sophomore. He's played really well in man-to-man coverage. If we put seven banks on Devontae Smith with a little safety over the top, maybe. Uh, but we should have, you know, the athletes to play with Alabama and kind of neutralize that 
fast offense. So you're taking it, the. Buck. It really, really comes down to, to Justin Fields. I like it. You're taking. Well, I, like I said, we'll give you a pass if Justin Fields don't play. I'm assuming he's going to. Um, with this being an eight and a half point spread, everything in me, I want to take Alabama. And at the same time, I kind of want to take Ohio State. I think eight and a half is such a big number for a good team. But you don't know which Ohio State team you're getting. But I'll tell you what, one, because you're my friend. And two, because every time I bet Alabama this year, they have crapped the bed. I'm going to take Ohio State with you on this one at the eight and a half. I expect, like I said, I expect this number to go down drastically before the game. But I'm also going to take Ohio State to cover right now. Ah. I honestly sticks. This might be the week I feel the worst about our picks, and I've I have done terrible up to this point. So to say I feel bad about all these picks. I don't, you know, that tells you how not good I am at this. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you just if the teams play as good as they can play, there's no way it's not a one score game. Yeah. So that's covering the eight and a half. Regardless. So, you know, I'd like to think that both teams are going to play as good as they can play and it's going to come down to one score and we're going to cover the spread regardless. Yeah. And honestly, I'm putting a lot. One, I'm mad at Alabama for screwing me two weeks in a row on my picks. And two, I like I really like Justin Fields really impressed me last week. So I'm, I'm hoping he's back and he's healthy and Ohio State comes ready to play. Because, one, I would like to see them win the game. I'm sick of Alabama. And, two, I want this pick to be right. And if I was to pick Alabama and them lose again, I'd be very, very upset. So, I'm going with them. All right, Sticks, do you have your lock of the week? So, my lock of the week this week is – now, well, I guess I can't use uh, a game we just talked about. So, uh, my lock of the week would be Washington. Uh, plus seven and a half, I think they are a shoe-in. So, But I'm going to go a little off the wall here for you. Go to college basketball. We have a lot of games going on on Saturday. And a big one that I like that's going down on Saturday is, let me see, Texas and West Virginia. Texas is coming off a big win at Kansas that we talked about. Uh, where is the line? I just saw it. But, well, regardless, because I can't find the line. I like West Virginia to get to win. They play at home against Texas. They're 9-3. and three. Uh, They're 14th team ranking, ranking in the country. Uh, I think that Texas is kind of riding on a little high. These are the types of games that West Virginia wins at home. For whatever reason, I feel like every time I think of West Virginia, I think of them beating a top-five team at home and then storming the court. You know, they – well, look, Bob Huggins plays the type of basketball where you force a lot of turnovers and, you know, score quickly. So, I, I like West that. Virginia pulling the upset. I like that a lot, and here's why. Because I also did something a little different with my lock this week. I didn't pick a spread. Um, so, you have West Virginia winning. I don't know. It's probably a 110 money line on that. Most of them are. Um, I don't know what the spread is, but I like that pick. I think I think you're wrong. I think Texas will win, but I like your lock. Um, for mine, I I also wanted to do the Bucks Washington, 
uh, for my lock of the week because I felt real confident about it, even though we picked different things. But like you said, it's one of our uh, games we talk about, so I couldn't use the spread. So I went with the over-under on that game. The over-under okay. is 45 and a half. And so basically at a uh, seven, that's basically an eight point spread at 44 and a half. So you're assuming 22 points with the eight point spread is like a 26 to 18 game or something like that. So I think that it's going to be a lot higher than that. I'm taking the over on the points. I don't know that Washington gets you there, but I think that the Bucks probably put up 35 and whatever Washington puts up, surely they can put up 14 or 15. So I'm going to take the over on the Bucks. Yeah. Washington. So, I mean, clearly if, if you're pulling for – if the Bucks cover the spread, I think the over is a lock. Now, I don't think the Bucks are going to cover the spread, so I like the under in that game. But I like where your head's at. That's a good combo to go with, you know, covering the spread and the over. Yeah, if if the Bucks win, I, I don't think. Yeah, if one happens, under. I think the other happens. Yeah, just just by proxy. So, one of us is going to have a good week. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but we yeah, we went. I like it. We, we went, went a lot uh, different. Different this week. Yeah. So one of us is bound to have a good week. Uh, I hope it's me, but you probably need it a little worse than I do. So <laughs> there it is, probably guys. The case. Oh my God! I think we've went almost two hours against sticks. Uh no, we started about eight, eight, twelve, eight, fifteen. Well, I think we're rolling just over an hour and a half. Okay, so still pretty long. We will once again try next week to get this a little shorter. <laughs> we have been completely unsuccessful so far, but like as always, uh, we love you guys. We love you all for listening. If you've made it this far, you're a what sticks. You're a trooper, baby. You're a trooper, baby. You're right. absolute trooper. <laughs> Good deal. So, as always, guys, please uh, give us feedback. Let us know what you think. Uh, everything so far has been overwhelmingly positive, and we really appreciate that. Uh, everyone I've talked to said that they really enjoy it. So, if there's anything you want us to talk about, anything you want to hear, uh, let us know. Reach out to us, sticksandstonesports at gmail.com, at Zach. What is your Twitter, Sticks? Uh, at Sticks Amsler, so S T Y X underscore Amsler A M S L E R D underscore Rocks three on Twitter, guys. Uh, if you have our phone numbers, text us, call us, reach out to us, uh, let us know what you think, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, please share this. Uh, it we, it'll be on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast. Uh, should be on Apple now, Radio Public, anywhere you get podcasts. This thing should be. Share it with all your friends. Share it on Facebook. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your grandma. Sticks, before we get out of here, we had talked about on our very first episode doing a special show for big events. Is the NCAA championship one you'd want to do like a quick 30-minute show over this week and get it out before the game? Yeah, so let's see. We uh, Monday night, uh, I'd have to check my schedule, but yeah, I'd like to do like a little, little preview. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% down. Maybe we can try to record it Sunday night sometime. Sunday then, night, yeah, right after the NFL games, we can get in wild card coverage and, yeah, and uh, get and a preview of the NFL champion or excuse me, NFL, the NCAA, uh, NCAA champion. Yeah, yeah, and we can have that out Monday morning. People can listen to it all day before the game. Uh, I like that. We will try to get that to you guys. We're sorry that this one uh, is coming a little late in the week this week. Uh, being on different time zones and time schedules makes it a little hard sometimes, but we got it in. 
for the fourth week in a row. We're going to try to get that NCAA championship one out. And as always, guys, we thank you for listening. Uh, We thank you for the feedback and showing up every week and listening to us not know what we're talking about. So we'll see you guys hopefully before the championship and then again after next week. Goodbye.